Athletic Brewing. I cracked open an Upside Dawn Golden Athletic Brew. And let me say this. No matter what you're looking for in a great non-alcoholic beer, the answer is always athletic. Great flavor? It's athletic. Award-winning styles? It's athletic. Huge variety? It's athletic. Fit for all times. That's a registered trademark, guys. Enjoy them anytime, anywhere, without ever slowing down your summer. Beach days, music festivals, swim meets, camping, late nights, early mornings, literally wherever summer takes you. And here's the best part to me, zero hangovers the next day. Mm -hmm. This summer, ask for the only non-alcoholic beer or brew you need to know. Athletic. Head to askforathletic.com to find it near you and use code TA2024 to get 15% off your first online order. That's code TA2024 at checkout for 15% off your first order. Near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company. Fit for all times. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL Podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you can find me on Twitter at FPL General. Game Week 2 was another exciting weekend of FPL action with plenty of big scores flying around again, the average being 56 this week. Game Week 3 is the last game week before the dreaded two-week international break. There's Carabao Cup action on Tuesday and Wednesday this week with 13 Premier League sides in action. Tottenham also play Thursday night in the Europa Conference League. On today's podcast, I'll be running through the Game Week 2 headlines and shoutouts, reviewing my game week, updating the watch list, answering Twitter questions, and discussing captaincy and transfers for the weekend. There will be another Athletic FPL podcast on Friday. Remember, it's two a week this season, so make sure you hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to get 33% off an annual subscription. In doing so, you'll get ad-free versions of this podcast. The Game Week 2 headlines, Mikhail Antonio and side Ben Rama produced the goods again as West Ham beat the 10 men of Leicester 4-1. Both players are looking like must-haves at the moment. Romelu Lukaku is turning FPL heads after an impressive debut against Arsenal, getting himself on the score sheet and picking up two bonus points. The Belgian registered eight shots in the match, seven of which were from inside the box. He could be an FPL beast this season. Costa Shimakis made himself a hero, scoring 11 points in the 2-0 win over Burnley. Grabbing himself an assist and two bonus. He's got the second price rise now as well, which we were hoping for. Trent, Jota and Manny were all in the points in that game too, but popular captain Mohamed Salah blanked. It didn't do any damage though, as Bruno Fernandes, who was also heavily captained, also blanked in game two against Southampton. Strikers Danny Ings, Calvert-Lewin and Neil Mopai made it two goals in two games to stake their claim for a place in our front lines, while Ivan Tony disappointed, but Rafinha, Jack Grealish and Riyad Mahrez all got their first goals of the campaign. Game week two shoutouts. Welcome to the 59th Minute Club, Hector Junior Firpo Adames. 
The Leeds left back played 45 minutes in game week one, 59 minutes in game week two, and has a grand total of minus one points for the season. Grab a beer at the bar, Junior, and go sit in the corner with Anwar El Ghazi, who's been here all by himself since last weekend. Leeds midfielder Matthias Klitsch also joined the famous club this week, so thank you to Marcelo Bielsa for that double substitution. A couple of notable mentions, Anthony Martial at Manchester United manages 58 minutes for a one-pointer. Arsenal's Bakayo Saka just about made it to 60, while Harvey Barnes, disappointed for his owners, only managed 63 minutes. The red card probably played a factor there. That's to follow his 71 minutes in game week one. So Barnes is not getting the minutes, which is probably not a surprise given what Rodgers was saying about his fitness pre-season. And there is a question about Harvey Barnes to come later. A quick review of how game week two went for me. It was another good one. 81 points all out. I banked my transfer going into the weekend. So I've got two frees now for game week three. And it's a nightmare having two free transfers. It's very hard to decide what to do. But I'll talk about that in the transfer section. The good and the bad this week. It was mostly goods. Sanchez clean sheets. Trent and Schimakis 12 points and 11 points respectively. Luke Shaw somehow picked up two bonus points. Grealish and Rafinha were on the score sheet. Antonio, what a player. What an FPL asset. 16 points. Absolute must-have now in our strike forces. So very glad I went with him in game week one. He was one of the very few players who was in every one of my drafts during the summer. So good to see that one paying off. And Danny Ings, back-to-back goal. So good to see him getting the points there as well. The bad this week, it was the big guys. Salah, Captain Blank and Bruno Blanken as well. And Ivan Tony, who you could argue is a weak link in my squad. So I think Tony's days are numbered. So it's been a pretty solid start to the season. So let's hope Game Week 3 is another productive one so that I can put my feet up and enjoy the international break off the back of three good game weeks. A watch list update now. So every week I will be adding players to my watch list. And telling you which players I've removed. I'll start with the players I've removed this week. Because that's what I did first. So Kieran Tierney. Because he's picked up an injury. And that's always the issue with Tierney. He's one of Arsenal's best players. But he finds it very hard to stay fit for a long period of time. Which is not good for us FPL managers. Also a factor in this is that Arsenal have had a very poor start to the season. So I'm not looking to buy any of their players. So Tierney is gone. Mason Holgate has been removed as well because he didn't start in Game Week 2. The same reason for Hoover at Wolves. So Samedo came in at right back. So Hoover, we thought we might have a 4 million option there, but we're probably not going to have one. And the final player I've removed this week is Jamie Vardy. Because if I'm going to spend big on a striker, it's going to be a certain Chelsea man, not a Leicester striker. So Vardy is no longer in my thoughts. I can't see myself having two 10 plus million strikers so if it's going to be someone it looks like it's going to be Lukaku. The players added to the watch list this week are two defenders and five midfielders. First one up did not think this guy would be on my watch list at any point this season Shane Duffy at Brighton. He's had a very good start to the season he's had more shots in the box seven than any other defender so far so I think at 4.1 million he is a pretty good option now I think he will stay in the team for a couple of weeks at least. Reese James at Chelsea for obvious reasons. He had a mega game with two. I think it was an 18-pointer goal and an assist and all three bonus points. His numbers were good in the game as well. He had four shots and he had four chances created. 
The only concern with James is always minutes, so that always tends to scare me off him. But I'm certainly going to give him some thought once Chelsea's fixtures really improve from game week 7 onwards. Another Chelsea player added Mason Mount. He probably wasn't on my watch list enough last season, and I probably should have added him to it last week. So I'm not going to make the mistake of overlooking him this season. I think, I mean, he is a pretty boring FPL asset, but he regularly produces good underlying numbers and passes the eye test as well. Mount created four chances against Arsenal, so very healthy numbers there. Other midfielders added Damari Gray at Everton. Could be a bargain at 5.5 million this season. Townsend was benched in that game, so to me, Gray is the better option to go for there at the moment. Got himself a great goal. Diogo Jota is also added. I've got triple Liverpool, but I may sell Shimakis at some point in the near future. And if I do so, that will open the door for Jota to come back into my plans. Deli Ali won the penalty and scored it. We all expected Son to step up and take that one. So we could see Ali taking a few penalties this season. I think that heightens his appeal at 6.5 million. Traore at Wolves. He has caught the eye big time in the first two game weeks. I don't think Wolves have scored a goal yet. But it's not for the want of trying. Traore in game week two had four shots and created four chances. So the same numbers as Rhys James. Over the season so far, so over the first two game weeks, Traore at Wolves is top for shots among midfielders with Mohamed Salah with 10. So if Traore could just work on his finishing, you know, he could easily be on two or three goals already this season. So he is in my thoughts. I can't see myself buying him in the next game week or two, but I will be keeping a close eye on him to see if he can start converting those chances. All of the stats mentioned there are from Fantasy Football Hub. Hey, this is Andrew Schlecht from The Athletic. The NBA Finals begins on June 6th, and we have you covered at The Athletic NBA Show. Join us Monday through Friday to hear voices like Zach Harper, David Aldridge, Marcus Thompson, Dave DeFore, Sam Amick, and many more. We will have instant reaction shows after every finals game, plus podcasts to take you behind the scenes in between games. Listen to The Athletic NBA Show wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to answer some Twitter questions now. Thanks as always to those who sent them in. I've picked out the best ones, the burning hot topics going into Game Week 3. First one is from Aaron Lee. With two solid performances in a row, is Ben Rama essential despite the Lingard returning to West Ham rumours? So yeah, I wouldn't let the rumours of Lingard going back put me off Ben Rama because at the end of the day it may not even happen. It does look like it probably will, but I'm not going to worry about that until it actually does happen and I see Lingard in a West Ham shirt again. Even if Lingard did go back, I think Ben Rama's played so well in the first two game weeks that his place in the team is secure for at least the next couple of game weeks. So no player is ever essential, but I would say Ben Rama is extremely high on my most wanted list now. He's right up there, definitely in the top three, possibly even number one, given how well he's performed in the first two game weeks. What I like about Ben Rama now as well is he's he's proven he is a good asset and West Ham have still have really good fixtures next to Crystal Palace and Southampton. Really, really good fixtures. Then it's Manchester United, followed by Leeds and Brentford. So two more good fixtures for attackers to come after the Manchester United one. And it wouldn't surprise me to see West Ham score a goal or two against Manchester United because they're just quite simply a very good side 
which they showed again against Leicester. So I think Ben Rama's gone up to 6.2 million now. That to me represents excellent value, as good a value as there is in the game at the moment. Um, looking at his stats for the season, so over the first two game weeks, Ben Rama's stats are not amazing, but they are decent. He's had five shots and he's created three chances. So we would probably like to see a little bit more there in terms of the underlying numbers, but that wouldn't put me off. He's passed the eye test. And most importantly, he's got the FPL points, he's got the assists, he's got the goals. To me, that's more important than his underlying statistics. So, yes, I think Ben Rama is looking like a very, very good option. And there's a very good chance I may be shopping for him at some point this week myself. Next question is from Mr. Curtains. Is it worth getting Lukaku in now or waiting until game week seven? So, yeah, there's a lot of talk about Lukaku now. And there's been a lot, a lot of talk about Chelsea over the last couple of game weeks. That They've got a tricky enough run of fixtures coming up. But then from game week 7 onwards, from game week 7 to 13, Chelsea have one of the best runs of fixtures I've ever seen in FPL. So I think a lot of us will be buying Chelsea players from game week 7 onwards. Before that, it's Liverpool next for Chelsea, then Aston Villa, Tottenham and Manchester City. So not ideal, but Chelsea are obviously a top, top side. And I think Lukaku is more than capable of doing well in those fixtures um, the way he played against Arsenal, it wouldn't surprise me if Lukaku just went on a run now and scored scored a goal every week, even in those tougher fixtures. So all the answer to this question comes down to really how you're set up at the moment, in, in particular team structure. You know, If you've got someone like Vardy up front, it's a lot easier to get to Lukaku. Uh, for people like myself, we've got Salah, Bruno and Trent. It's very, very difficult to get Lukaku, even with two free transfers, probably means losing someone like Salah or Bruno. So I'm going to wait uh, because it's very hard to get there. I'm quite happy to wait until those fixtures really improve. Uh, a couple of reasons, like I mentioned, I don't want to lose Trent, Salah or Bruno. So if I'm not willing to do that, it kind of makes the decision for me that I can't really get to Lukaku. Also, I feel players like Antonio and Calvert-Lewin in particular are capable of matching Lukaku over the next four game weeks. Now, that of course, that might not happen. Lukaku might blow them, blow them out of the water. But the way Antonio started the season, Calvert-Lewin has been really impressive as well. So, you know, I, I own Antonio and I'm looking to get Calvert-Lewin. So, for me, Lukaku is a wait probably until game week seven, unless I decide to wildcard at some point between now and then. I don't have any plans to wildcard yet. I'm just going to see how the next game week or two goes. But for me, Lukaku is a wait uh, but if you're in a position where it's much easier to get him than it is for my squad, I would have no hesitation to buy him, you know, just because of those fixtures. I think, I know it's it's dangerous to read into one performance, but Lukaku against Arsenal looked absolutely phenomenal and he could be amazing FPL-wise this season. Question from Takoma Toffee. Should Harvey Barnes owners ditch him? Or keep him because he's got Norwich next. So this is one of those very tricky FPL decisions. You've got a player who's disappointed you in the first two game weeks. He hasn't played 90 minutes in either. But on the flip side, he's got probably the best fixture of the season at the weekend. So I would be inclined to give Harvey Barnes one more week. Leicester should beat Norwich by two or three goals, you would imagine. So there's a good chance Harvey Barnes will be involved there. So yes, it's been very frustrating. I understand maybe if you don't have Ben Rama, you're very tempted to, to make the switch from uh, Barnes to Ben Rama this week. But I think I would give Barnes one more week. Be just because it's Norwich and given that Norwich have been really poor in the first two games, they could concede quite a few goals again. 
against Leicester at the weekend. So I would give Barnes one more week. Next question is from David Wilcock. Is Grealish a good option going forward? He's a possible rotation risk and looks to be playing very deep. So I own Grealish and I really don't know how I feel about him as an asset. I don't feel like he's someone I really need to keep. So if I'm looking to make, you know, buy some expensive players, for example, Lukaku or Son or these guys, I think Grealish is dispensable. I don't think he's a, he's a must keep from what I've seen in the first two game weeks. It's one of those where I think it's fine to keep Grealish, but it's also fine to sell him. I'm really not sure what I'm going to get from him this season in terms of consistent FPL points. We know he's a fantastic player, but is he going to be a fantastic FPL asset? I'm still not 100% convinced. Obviously, great to get his goal at the weekend. Not that he knew too much about it going in off his shin. So, yeah, I'm undecided on what I think about Grealish. And there is a chance I might sell him this week, which you'll hear more about in the transfer section. Next question is from World of FPL. Due to Arsenal's perform and the fact that he came off the bench against Norwich, do you think we should hold Mares for one more game week? Yes. If I owned Mares, disappointing that he was on the bench, but obviously he got you the goal in the end. I would fancy him to start now against Arsenal this weekend. And given how poor Arsenal have been, I think it's a keep. Uh, it's like Barnes. I think I would give Mares one more game week and then reassess it during the international break. You know, I can definitely see Mares doing damage against that Arsenal team uh, if he starts. And obviously Tierney's a doubt for that now as well. So if Mares starts on the right, he could have a lot of joy probably up against someone like Tavares at left back. Question from FPL Koboloy. Koboloy likes the Ings to Calvert-Lewin move now, but game week four appears to be the more popular timing. Should I go ahead of the crowd or wait? So I've had a look at the fixtures. This week, Danny Ings has Brentford. Good fixture, although I know Brentford haven't conceded a goal yet this season, but I still like that fixture a lot for Danny Ings. Calvert-Lewin this week has Brighton, so I think I would rate Brighton as a better defensive side than Brentford. And then next week, Ings has Chelsea, as tricky as it gets for an attacker. And Calvert-Lewin has Burnley, so a very good fixture. So you can see why people are thinking game week four is the better time to make this switch. And I tend to agree. I own Danny Ings, and it hasn't even crossed my mind to sell him this week because he scored two and two, and he plays Brentford this week. So I'm not going to overthink it. Yes, I want to get Calvert-Lewin, but I'm looking at a potential other route to Calvert-Lewin that allows me to keep Danny Ings for the Brentford fixture. So I like it. If you, if you are planning to make the Ings to Calvert-Lewin switch, I would keep Ings for Brentford and then make the switch next week when Ings has Chelsea. And it's not just Chelsea. Ings runs into a very tricky run of fixtures from game week four onwards. Question from Partho Mustafa. Do you think it's too early to sell Luke Shaw? My short answer is yes, because it's Wolves and Newcastle next for Manchester United. Wolves haven't scored yet. And obviously very capable of keeping a clean sheet against Newcastle as well. Particularly once we get Varane in at centre-back instead of Lindelof. I think the clean sheets will start to roll in for the Red Devil. So yeah, I wouldn't sell Shaw yet. It's It's been a disappointing two game weeks. But we didn't buy him for just two game weeks. So I would give him at least the Wolves and Newcastle fixtures. And yes, if it going into game week five and we still haven't had a clean sheet or an attack in return from Shaw. Then maybe we can start thinking about selling him. But I'm sure this week... You've got bigger issues in your squad than Luke Shaw. A few more questions on defenders. The first one is from Dougie Jones. Do I need to sell Veltman now to avoid a price drop? Good question. A lot of people are in the same boat. I've got him. I think I'm going to keep him. 
I don't mind if he drops to 4.4 million. My hope is that he'll come back in game week four as a starter for Brighton. And then I've got the Veltman ailing rotation, which I was planning on having for the first three game weeks. It hasn't really worked out that way. But I hope patience will pay off for me and, and I'll get I'll be able to rotate Veltman and Ailing from game week four onwards. I had a look on FPLstatistics.com, which is a very good website to you know check which players are likely to rise or fall in price. And at the time of recording, Veltman is on minus 94.5, which means he's very, very close to a price drop. It could even happen Tuesday night and failing that probably Wednesday night. So I never mind a player dropping 0.1 million. You know, I probably value you know, more information over that. I don't mind if Feltman drops to 4.4 because I kind of picked him as a long-term pick anyway for the first 10 or 11 game weeks alongside Ailing. So I'm still hoping that he'll come back in to the Brighton starting 11 from game week four onwards. And I just want to focus my transfers, you know, in midfield and attack because it's more exciting. But also because this week, I'm not too bad defensively. I know a lot of managers are worse off than me. For example, if you've got Shimakas, Veltman and Ben White, you know, you're probably going to be forced into making a defensive transfer this week. Whereas I've got Trent and Shaw, which is fine. I've also got Ailing, who plays Burnley. So it's a good fixture. So I've got three good defenders this week, which is why I'm probably not going to sell Shimakas or Veltman. But I know, like I said, if you're in another scenario and you're looking at possibly only having two starting defenders this week, I wouldn't ignore that. And I would make a transfer in defence in that scenario. Question from FPL Associate. Which Tottenham... 4.5 million defender is the best buy so I'm not going to answer this question properly because I'd, I think if you're going for a Tottenham defender I think spend the extra 0.5 million and get Regulon the left back I think he's looked really good in the first two game weeks Spurs do have two clean sheets but they're probably fortunate to keep those you know both games they conceded plenty of chances and you know Lloris made plenty of saves so I think I would probably stay away from the 4.5 Tottenham defenders because it's still not clear who is going to be long-term first choice there? You know, Dyer and Sanchez have been playing, but the guy Romero could come in for one of those. I think Regulon's just the safest route in to the Tottenham defence. And at five million, I think he could even be underpriced. You know, he's very good going forward. He was the one who played the ball into Dele Alley when he won his penalty. So, you know, he's very close to getting assist there for that one. So yeah, Regulon, I would just skip the 4.5 Spurs defenders and I would pay the extra for Regulon. Final question for this week is from FPL 5 Cent. Who's the best 4 million or 4.1 million defender to replace Shimakas? And FPL 5 Cent gives a few options here. Williams, who's gone on loan from Manchester United to Norwich. Amarty at Leicester. Duffy at Brighton. Or Liveramento at Southampton. So straight away, I'm going to rule out Amarty because he, he won't be first choice long term. Because Vestigar will come back in whenever he is up to full speed. Another reason I don't like Amarty is because Leicester have been... Pretty terrible defensively in the first two game weeks. So Yunchu hasn't been his usual self, maybe without Evans beside him. Uh, so Amarty, I wouldn't go there. I probably wouldn't go for Williams at Norwich either because according to the Norwich fans, he's not guaranteed to be first choice every week. So there could be a better rotation to begin with before he you know gets a chance to win the first choice spot at left back or right back. I don't think it'll be right back because Ahrens is there. So he's probably fighting for left back. So I would avoid Amarty and I would avoid Williams. So that leaves the two, Shane Duffy and Liveramento. I think these two guys are the best prospects at 4 million or 4.1. Long term, you know, if you're buying a player that you hope you're going to have all season, probably Liveramento. But it's still very early to go there because there's still, you know, Kyle Walker-Peters 
is a pretty good option at right back as well. Livermento, I think, is only about 18 years old. So maybe he'll be protected a little bit and won't start every game. But I think he's absolutely fine if you're bringing him in just to be on your bench as your second or third sub. But if I was looking for a Shimakis replacement this week in particular, I think I'd be going Shane Duffy. Like I said, I think he's going to play for a couple of more game weeks at least. I think when Veltman comes back, he's more likely to go to wing-back while Lamptey is out and Duffy will remain alongside Webster and Dunk. Uh, and quite simply, you know, he's been playing really well. Potter's been praising him, so it's very hard to see him dropping out of the team you know, this week or next week. So, yeah, Duffy. And you know he gives you the goal threat. I, I played Fantasy Scotland last season and Duffy started the season pretty well. You know, I captained him a few game weeks. He got me a couple of goals. And like I said, he's got more goal attempts in the box than any other defender so far this season. So I like Duffy more than Liveramento because you can probably use him in your starting eleven. whereas if you're buying Liveramento, you probably don't want to play him. He's more of a bench option. But yeah, those are the two I would go for. Uh, Duffy, if you need him to play, or if it's just like a third sub that you're hoping that you're never going to use, then maybe you could go Liveramento. Moving on now to captaincy for game week three. And I think we've got our first really tricky captaincy decision of the season this week. I had a look at my matrix, which I made in before the season started. And I had three options. I had Bruno against Wills, Son against Watford. And I had Leicester noted down against Norwich as possibly the best fixture of the weekend. But given we've had two game weeks of information now, I think one player in particular this week should be added to the matrix, which is Mikel Antonio. Given how good he's been, and he's got a very good fixture against Crystal Palace. So I think Antonio is right up there now as one of the best captaincy candidates for game week three. I'm undecided. I said it on Bruno Fernandes before game week two started. Uh, I still think Bruno is a very good option against Wolves, and I may well stay there. Antonio, I will be given serious thought during the week, though. So Antonio's got a chance to wrestle it from Bruno. I won't be going Salah this week because he plays against Chelsea, arguably the best defence in the league. There's plenty of other options too, though. Uh, if you own Son against Watford, I think he's a good option. The only issue there is he was substituted early game week two, and there was comments from Nuno that he had some issue, some kind of issue in the warm-up. So you probably need to keep an eye on that, and that may be enough to put you off captain and son uh, for the weekend. So hopefully we get some clarity on that. Uh, I know you never know; maybe he'll play, maybe he'll play Thursday night in this Conference League, which is unlikely. But hopefully we'll get some comments from Nuno that you know can give you some confidence if you are a son owner. Leicester play Norwich. I think Vardy's probably the captain there if you're looking looking to captain in that fixture. It's very hard to captain Harvey Barnes, I think, given that he hasn't played ninety minutes in either fixture. The other games, Manchester City play Arsenal. You know, if you've got a, a Mares or a Grealish or, or someone like that, who, if you fancy Man City to go big against Arsenal, probably not the worst idea for captaincy. But again, rotation just scares me. Uh, Calvert-Lewin plays Brighton. I think he's viable. Danny Ings against Brentford, also viable. So I think captaincy is wide open this week. And maybe it's one of those weeks where it's okay to take a risk because there's going to be no standout captaincy poll leader this week. So for me, it's probably going to come down to Bruno against Wolves or Antonio against Crystal Palace. And at the moment, I'm on Bruno. So let's see if Antonio can wrestle it from him between now and the weekend. I mean, if it was an actual wrestling match, I don't think that would be a contest and Antonio would be wearing the armband come Saturday morning. So let's see what happens there and I'll give an update on the captaincy in Friday's episode. 
transfers for game week three. I've got two free ones and I'm not 100% sure yet what I'm going to do. So I haven't made any transfers yet. I've seen quite a few people making early transfers on Monday to get Ben Rama before he went to 6.2, which I think is absolutely fine. I think I've said a few times now it's fine to make early moves in the first couple of game weeks of the season. I may well go early myself, not as early as others. I may, you know, today's Tuesday. I may make my transfers on Tuesday night. I'll give it a bit more thought today. So to me... A pretty straightforward double transfer to make would be get rid of Grealish and get rid of Tony and bring in Ben Rama and Calvert-Lewin. You know, Ben Rama and Calvert-Lewin are extremely high on my wanted list. Ben Rama reminds me a little bit of Lingard last season, you know, playing with confidence, getting the attack and returns and the team are playing really well. And I, and I didn't go for Lingard last season and I don't want to make the same mistake again. So Ben Rama feels like a gift at the moment. And I like getting on players who are hot, playing with confidence. So I think Ben Rama is an easy transfer this week, even for someone like Grealish, you know, who I mentioned. I'm, I'm, I would happily hold Grealish, but losing Grealish allows me to upgrade Tony. I don't feel great about Tony, and I don't want to be in a situation where it's four or five game weeks in, and he's been playing really well every week, but he's had five two pointers in a row. So I don't mind losing Tony, and Calvert Lewin. I just think I've been. Probably more impressed with Calvert-Lewin than, than any other player in the first two games of the season. The fact he's on penalties now as well is absolutely huge. He could be a monster asset. He could hit 20 goals in the league for the first time this season. So I feel like if I buy Calvert-Lewin now in game week three, there's a very good chance he'll be in my team come game week 38. Uh, and hopefully Ben Ram is the same, but that's probably a little bit more unlikely. So to me, that feels like an easy double transfer. Um, the other options, if I didn't do that... You know, I've got Shemakis and Veltman who are issues, but like I mentioned, I've got Ealing who has a good fixture, and then hopefully Veltman will be back in game week four to give me every week Trent Shaw plus one of Ealing or Veltman, depending on fixture. The other option is to just make one transfer and roll the other one. You know, I've said on last week's episode, there's some uncertainty over these players going on international duty in terms of quarantine when they come back. So I think it's a if you're in a position where you can have two free transfers for game week four. It's probably a good position to be in, but I don't think I'm going to do it. And I am leaning towards getting Calvert-Lewin and Ben Rama. And if I decide to do that, I think it will be tonight because, you know, Tony will probably drop this week. Uh, ben Rama could go up again. Calvert-Lewin will probably go up in price as well. So there's there's probably 0.3 of a difference that could be saved, you know, by doing it on Tuesday night as opposed to Friday night or Saturday morning. So that's where I'm leaning there's big decisions to be made this week, I've noted down here, but having recorded the podcast now, I've probably made up my mind on those transfers. But I need to what I need to think about today before I make those transfers is am I ignoring any other assets? I was quite high on Sun last week. I'm probably not as much now given there's possible injury niggle there. Um, but I need to go through my watch list and make sure I'm not ignoring players that I really want to get as well and I don't want to snooker myself come game week four, game week five, you know, I'll need to give Lukaku a bit more thought as well. So very important if you're making early transfers, go through the players, you know, you're interested in if you've got a watch list and make sure you're not going to create problems for yourself in future game weeks by making those early transfers this week. So that's where I'm leaning. Ben Rama and Calvert Lewin in for Grealish and Ivan Tony. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Please leave a review wherever you're listening and make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss Friday's episode. If you'd like to support me as a full-time fantasy manager, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general where you'll get extra content and podcasts throughout the season and get access to my Slack channel 
Have a great week, folks, and I'll talk to you again on Friday. The Athletic. <laughs>